0: Afternoon. Hi, everybody. Today is the last day of June, June 30th, 2022. And you are on Anchored with Hope with Father Larry Richards. And here we explore hope and how we need to have hope in the world, hope in Christ, not hope in the world, but while we're in the world. (laughs) Put it that way hope in Christ while we're in the world and how we need to be people of hope in our own life and bring hope to everybody else we meet. So welcome. So glad you're here. I'm sorry I wasn't with you last week. I tried, but I couldn't get into the hotel um, early enough. And so I didn't want to do it on my phone in the car. It would look bad. (laughs) So we just had to wait. But I'm here for the whole month of July, God willing. Um, So we should have it every week uh, during July. So the first thing we need to do is pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for living for us. Thank you for giving us your life. Thank you for living inside of us. Thank you for allowing us to be saved by you and to have great hope in the future. No matter what the world brings, we know how everything ends. You are the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. So Jesus, in the midst of all these things, we look at you and we say we trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love and for your compassion and for being with us this hour. We ask you to continue to lead us and fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may always do the will of the Father as you did, Jesus. We beg you these things, Lord Jesus, in your most holy name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, welcome. If it's your first time here, you can ask me any kind of questions uh, for the next hour. You can type them in on the live chat on uh, YouTube, and I'll answer them as they come. You can also uh, send emails. To the foundation and just put on there the reason for our Uh Go to the website and just say email and just put for Thursday and I will get the questions. And so I go back and forth uh, answering questions. Um, and so first I think we need to start off with uh, talk about the greatest of hope. Um, last Friday I was flying to Phoenix to uh, we have a men's catholic men's leadership association which is all the leaders of the catholic men's groups throughout the united states and we were in phoenix all week at 112 degree all weekend at 112 degrees which people would say oh father 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 it's a dry heat i said so is an oven thank you very much it was too hot too too hot so uh he says uh, that's why again i always think "Ah, i'm gonna retire to where it's warm but not hot i don't want any previews of coming attractions or anything like that so anyway um but when i got off the plane or as soon as i turned my phone on it was lit up with isn't it great that uh The Supreme Court got rid of Roe versus Wade, and that was fantastic. I'd have bet a billion dollars it would have never happened, especially in this political climate. So it just talks about hope that sometimes we despair and we think, oh, nothing's going to happen. And sometimes where it's darkest is where God bursts, brings forth light. But again, though, even though this has happened, you know, people are going crazy, both sides, we have not stopped abortion in this country or in the world. People can still get abortions. You know, it's just not a right. We took away a right, that uh, saying it was never right to kill another human being. Well, just makes sense. But think about all the people, maybe even watching right now, who sit there and say, no, it is a right. You can't make a woman have a child. And... Um, Again, everybody's free to do as they will. We do believe in freedom, but we believe in consequences. When you have an abortion, you kill a human being. So that's why we always got to think that we have to speak truth to the world, uh, but speak the truth in love. We are doing everything to save babies. But some people say we don't save mothers, though. Oh, sure, we do, most most places here in Erie we take, there's a great place that takes care of uh, pregnant women. Um, people are begging, begging to adopt babies in the world, especially in America. Uh, and people just, no, you will not have this child. I'd rather kill it than let you raise a child. So there's plenty of options. But what we gotta be doing now, though, is really be changing the hearts of people. Laws, don't change hearts. And we got to change hearts to stop people from killing people. We got to help them to know the love of God. And again, as I said a couple weeks ago, I firmly believe that the reason we have so many killings in the United States and more than other places in the world, because when you can kill your children in the womb of a mother and fight for that, then What kind of uh, morality do we have? You know, so what's the difference? You know, so we got to make sure that we just keep praying to change hearts, praying to change hearts for this great reality that is what has happened is the overturn of Roe v. Wade. But we still, the biggest thing is to stop the killing of children, not just to stop the law. Now we're glad it happened, but we still have a lot to do Okay, so let's get right in here. Doo do do. Oh, Julie Newman, Neumann, Newman. Hi, Father Larry. Our parish priest gave me Holy Communion to give to a lady who brought to Mass today, and I gave her, dear God, what must I do or say? Confuse, please. A priest can always make someone an extraordinary minister. Uh, for a one-time reality, like he did with you. So he gave you communion to give to somebody else, and he can do that. He does have the power at a mass to make someone an extraordinary minister. Now, to make you a consistent extraordinary minister of the Blessed Sacrament, you go to the bishop and you get permission from the bishop. But you can do it for a one-time thing. It is possible. So praise God that God uh, used you to be his instrument to bring his son Jesus to someone else to give them life what a great gift so uh, don't be confused be grateful from the care home I brought this lady please pray for my family conversion an atheist husband who is not preparation to go to on dialysis he is not yet thank you and we will pray together for your husband Jolie, um, and put him in St. Joseph's hands Joseph can do some great things Good afternoon, Jean. Hi, Mary. Father, how do you deal with division in our country and church? Oh, if only I knew, because I am in the midst of it. Every time I say anything, it's I swear I make half the people mad and the other people mad, you know. So it's kind of like I always say I'm an equal opportunity offender. But until we stop judging each other and start listening to each other and start praying for each other and start loving each other as Jesus commanded us, loving each other doesn't mean we have to agree with each other. But we do have to listen to each other. And the church isn't listening. I'm talking about all of us or the country. We're not in dialogue. We throw monologues at each other. We do it online. We do it when we talk. We do it um, and not thinking at all how we're hurting people. And sometimes people say, I want to hurt people. Well, there is a, a, there is a time to uh, hurt people's feelings if we're trying to, as long as we love them first. Huh? Too often we want to be prophets without truly knowing the Lord to truly be his prophet. Like today, if you went to Mass and you hear about the prophet Amos and he says, uh, uh, I'm no prophet. You know, I was a keeper of sycamore trees and a shepherd and the Lord called me and told me to do something. Well, we're all baptized prophets, but a prophet is one who listens to God's word and then speaks it to the community. As I was with all these men leaders throughout the United States today, uh, this past weekend, I just said, men, the greatest thing that you need to do is pray because we cannot challenge the world unless we're getting it from Jesus. We can't work for Jesus Christ. You understand this? We're not his employees. We're not just working and uh, doing uh, things that he commands. Jesus lives inside of us if you're a Christian. And the job is to get out of the way and let Jesus Christ live his life through you. It's totally different than working for somebody or just doing and following commandments. Totally different. Again, it comes from St. Paul. I have been crucified with Christ so the life I live now is no longer my own. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. So when we speak, we gotta shut up so God can speak through us. And too often I think we, and I'm included in this, that I'll speak without praying or without thinking. And that's when I get in trouble and that's when we all get in trouble because now we're pushing our opinion instead of Jesus. So, The biggest thing all of us got to do is pray. And when we pray, we must listen. And then we must get out of the way and show the world Jesus Christ and not me, not my opinion, not what I think about something. Nobody cares. If they do care, they shouldn't. We should only care about doing the will of God in our life, and that means we must pray. And, of course, then speak the truth that God tells us, but in love because God is love. Now, again, some people think you're becoming a, a, you know, like people said all the time, like, oh, Father, you're getting soft. I am not getting soft. Trust me, (laughs) you know, but I'm getting it, making sure that I'm listening to the Lord Jesus. I swear when I was younger, you know, I prayed every day. I did more talking than I did listening. And uh, that was an insult to God because I tried to tell God what to do instead of letting him tell me uh, what to do. Like even, you know, today is the last day of Mary Therese Craig, who's our, uh, uh, director of our foundation and she's worked with us for the last 13 years and she's been fantastic and uh, I thought I had her a couple more years and uh, she says no no I'm turning 65 in uh, June and I'm retiring I'm thinking nah, rah, rah. so I says okay so again they went and hired this organization to to find somebody and did this search and everything that's nice we paid all this money and uh, they didn't ask me first they just did that they just Took it for granted. Oh, I'd want to do that. I did not want to do it. But anyway, they did it. So uh, and they, we interviewed these people, and people they sent us, some of them didn't even go to church, uh, and not many of them knew Jesus. And so I was praying the one morning during my holy hour, and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? And he says, I want you to go and uh, get a hold of Mo." Traybold who's our new director starts officially she's been here for two weeks but she takes over the reins tomorrow and i says lord i'm not going to ask her because she just took a job a year ago somewhere else she's not going to want to do this and he says i just told you what to do and i go oh, okay So i called mary Teresa and i said call mo because she's a parishioner and we've known her forever and uh okay and then mary Therese called me back and says well she's interested well so all the people that they interviewed and all this stuff nothing who the Lord told me to in prayer, that's who we hired. And I think we need to do more of that. Uh, even when Mary Therese, when I got her in the first place, you know, they wanted to do a national search, and the one of my board members, fantastic woman, she says, do you just expect Jesus Christ to give you and plop into your our lap a new director? I go, uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh. <laughs> so we've done it twice. We're batting a 1,000. Uh, so that's a, a good reality. So, but again, it only happens because of prayer. We cannot teach, uh, run an organization like the Reason for Our Hope Foundation, which this is part of, as if it's a business. It must be run as a prayer. You know, again, when we started this uh, 15 years ago, whatever it's been, uh, I said, we'll give 10% of everything we come in, everything that comes in to the poor. People are making real the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world, and my board again looked at me and says, oh, Father, we you know, that's not what foundations do like this. It's just to perpetuate. I go, that's what this foundation's going to do. And even now, again, I'd encourage you, it's not completely up, but we have a new app, and the app is Our Hope TV, Our Hope TV. So you can go to Android, you can go to um, iPhone, any of the apps, and you just put Our Hope TV, Our, O-U-R, Hope TV and uh, you can download it, and now all my stuff from the very beginning is on there, and it's 100% free, the talks and everything, the books and that, you you know, we still have to pay for the books, but uh, the books and Bibles and calendars, those stuff are still available for purchase, but all the talks, everything there is that I have is free. Now, that's a Again, they were uh, fighting me on that and they said, oh, we should have a subscription so people can pay so they can hear stuff. I says, I don't want people to pay for the gospel of Jesus Christ. If, uh, if they have to pay for the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's no longer the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's people's opinions and how much money am I gonna get or da, da, da. So I says, we will trust, we will trust, we will trust in the generosity of people to fund that so we can keep doing it so, by God's grace, uh, people are helping. Maybe you could help too. But it's just so we can continue to preach hope. And so now you can go to the app, and let's say you're, being the, you're depressed, and you can put depression. Uh, and it'll give you all the talks on there about depression. Now, most of the talks are my talks, but we're adding new people all the time. And so, um, again, as time goes on, like even for this, I want the... Um, The podcast will, you know, do hour long, but we're going to be breaking it up into, you know, 15-minute sessions because I have never in my life listened to an hour-long podcast, ever. I don't think I've ever listened to more than 15 minutes of anything. So uh, that's what we want to do is put it into 15-minute bites. You'll still be able to get the fullness of it, but uh, so for the younger people, you know, we want to get on as much as they're trying right now to get, uh, get TikTok out of the United States, to do stuff on TikTok because... It is a place of darkness. But again, that's where the gospel needs to be proclaimed. Um, so there's a lot coming up uh, in the months and years ahead by God's grace. So uh, continue to ask your prayers and continue to ask you for uh, your help. But again, all of that happens because of prayer. That's why I always tell whatever God tells you, that's what Mary said, and that's what we all gotta do. So always with all that stuff, what does God tell you to do? And then do it. So we do a lot of praying to bring that division. See how I go off on tangents. I know, I know, I know. Stop. Um, Sunshine 87. Hi, Father Larry. I had a bad experience confession to a priest I really respected. Any suggestions on how to heal from this experience? Well, I can tell you that people have had bad experiences with me in confession. Because um, sometimes I'm strong on people. Um, but that's be- because I want them. Jesus was strong on people. Uh, and so if the person was strong on you, maybe you needed a kick in the butt. I don't know. Uh, but sometimes we just want to go into confession and, you know, have Father tell us how great we are. And uh, I really have people come into confession and just tell me what they're doing good. I said, I'm not interested. I'm interested in your sins, no excuses for your sins, just to repentance so we can move on. And so you can move on with your life. And so they don't, people don't like that. And I says, the purpose of confession is to forgive us, but also bring us to holiness so we can more and more stop living our way and do things God's way and so some people need great compassion and comfort and comforting and confession other people need to have a kick in the butt you know whom I love I chastise and so there are been people and usually so if they come back and say father you know you upset me last time and you can say that to this priest and I'll say "Oh, I'm sorry what were we talking about? Because I usually don't remember. And I go, yeah, well, I, I meant to say that. Maybe not the way I said it. But yeah, you needed to hear that. So sometimes it's just uh, thinking about, did the priest have to say that to me? Did he, was he harsh on me? Was he, uh, And not harsh as in the torture chamber. That's not what we're talking about. You shouldn't be yelled and screamed at in the confessional. But you need to be challenged to become holy, to stop doing it your way. Or often I'll have a husband or wife come in and they come in and start telling me the sins of their spouse instead of their sins. And I'll always say, "Uh, I'm not interested. in nope, nope. Not not another word about your spouse. I want to hear about you and your sin. Well, then they get all irritated with me. I know, I know. But my point is that you got to be forgiven and you got to grow in holiness. So that's the thing. So uh, I'd go back. If he's a a guy you respect, go talk to him. Again, people... We have bad days. We just do. I know I do. Again, as I've talked about, I've been in a funk since my mother died and all this stuff, and it's taken me time to get out of it. And I was talking to a friend the other day, and I just says, uh, I hate where I'm at. And so, you know, people can uh, take me off the deep end sometimes. And again, it's not their fault. It's my fault I'm having a bad day. Uh, and again, I shouldn't have a bad day. I get it. I'm a priest of Jesus Christ. But in my humanity, I have them. So sometimes if you talk to that priest and says whatever, uh, sometimes they were having a bad day and sometimes they'll apologize it was just that. Um, and sometimes they won't because uh, they know, you know, once and I was newly ordained, a person called and uh, was yelling at me because I said, I was just, I was not newly ordained. I was a new pastor. And they called and I said, said at mass, going to mass on Sunday isn't enough to fear salvation. And a woman called me and she's yelling, every other priest before you said, all you have to do is go to mass on Sunday for, to, go, to go to heaven. I go, oh ma'am, I'm sure that's not what they said. I'm telling you, we're going back and forth for 20 minutes over the same topic. Finally, I had it. And I just said, if every other priest before me said, that um all you have to do is go to mass on Sunday to go to heaven yes they were wrong (gasps) she went crazy called the bishop on me i go in the bishop calls me in to see him him and the vicar general so i go in and i've only was pastor maybe three weeks maybe a month and uh i said bishop is that true is that all we have to do is go to mass on Sunday to go to heaven because if that's true I'm going to start living my life a little bit differently right and he goes no that's not true and I said okay it's all I said bishop and then the vicar general was there and he says uh and he said well it was he's the one that really wanted to talk to you about this and I says well what do you want me to do and he says I want you to call her and tell her you love her and he says nope i'm not going to do it if they know that as a new pastor if they go and complain to the bishop and you're going to call me in and you're going to make me do things uh, and prove them to be right uh, no i'm not going to do it i didn't because i said bishop do i have to do it he goes no but again sometimes it's a control issue i'm not saying this at all about you at all i'm just saying just talk to the priest and might have been having a bad day Um, he might be trying to challenge you. He might be, uh, something's going on in his life, you know. uh, And that's, oh gosh. There's a lot going on in priest's lives right now. A lot. Not just, but I'm saying that I was just with a bunch of priests. It's a struggle. Um, It's just a struggle. So you just sometimes got to cut us some slack. But again, he might have been wrong, but if you uh, talk about it, he might apologize or go from there. Okay. And again, uh, whom I love, I chastise. Jesus challenges us, so healing sometimes comes from, sometimes the most hurt I've been is where the Lord, if someone hurt me, that's sometimes where the Lord's really challenging me to grow. And he just gave me a cross that I didn't want. So anyway, good evening, Father. No, hi, Harry. Okay, what do I tell a friend who continues to believe that she can confess her sins directly to God and not a priest and can receive communion? She brings up other religions who not do not go to a priest. Thank you. Well, again, objectively, you don't have to go to a priest because in an emergency, God can forgive you your sins. Canon law says if there's not a priest around and you're sorry for sins, even mortal, um, for the love of God, not fear of damnation we heard a lot about this during COVID. even mortal sins can be forgiven but god gave us priests to forgive sins because we need to make carnational incarnational the reality so if you're driving in a car and you get in an accident and you're dying and you say i'm sorry jesus you are forgiven god is with you at that moment but the same way as a, a, a person, like my mother had cancer years ago and she called me and says, Larry, can you pray uh, for me to be healed of cancer? And I, of course, mother. But my mother went to a doctor and God used a doctor to remove the cancer from her. That's the ordinary means. In confession, that's a doctor of soul, the ordinary means of forgiveness. Now, God can forgive beyond a priest, but just like God can heal somebody without surgery but the ordinary way god chooses is for us to go through an instrument why to help us in our pride to help us to know that we need each other Um, because every sin is not just a sin against uh, jesus it's a sin against the whole body so i'd encourage you to have her listen to have her download the app at the um, our hope tv and just listen to the confession talk that I did. It's an hour-long talk, and it's about uh how to make a good confession, why we go to a priest, why we should go to a priest, and it goes through all that, and it'll help her give a talk. So encourage her to go and listen to my confession CD, and the talk is just called Confession. So if you, put, uh, you go in there and you go to the search, you put confession, it should come right up and that was my first CD that I ever, first uh, tape, really, I ever did over 30 years ago. Well, about 28 years ago, maybe. So anyway, so I encourage you to do that. Nancy, what do I, okay, that's that was it. Okay, so grateful for your ministry. Thank you, Jessica. Please pray for me. Good afternoon, Father Larry. Hi, Grace. What a great name. I feel so blessed to have found this ministry of hope. Thank you. Uh, New people are the ones that give me hope. It keeps me going, I, especially your prayers. Trust me, especially through this time in these last months. Uh, someone sent me a fantastic thing yesterday, I, today I got it and they dropped it off and it was really touching and I, I don't like uh, uh, touching sometimes because I'm not an emotional person. But boy, thanks be to goodness everybody was around when I opened it because uh, the, the note said from uh, two people, um, these two women and their families that come to my parish a lot. And um, they just sat there and says, you've been through so much these uh, these months and you give so much, It's we want to give back to you or something to that effect. And then it's a big throw. You know, it says, uh, um, it talks about love here. Uh, love covers all or whatever. And then there's pictures of me, and there's a big picture of me and my mother, uh, a big picture of me kneeling in front of the Blessed Sacrament, whatever, adoration things, a picture of me and my dogs. It was very, very touching. And it was like, uh, I, you know, like someone went out of their way to make sure that I'd be okay, and that was fantastic. Um, And so those are things, so I encourage you to do that kind of stuff too with your priests. It's uh, quite helpful. So again, thank you when you say that kind of stuff. It helps me tremendously. Lawrence in Las Vegas. Hi, Father, I swear this isn't an attack, (laughs) which usually means it's an attack. (laughs) That's okay, Lawrence. I can handle it either way. Uh, but I've noticed how you hold the host toward the people as an offering to them at that moment. But I was told that it's not proper. And the rubrics say to look down as a liturgist. Can you add clarification? Jesus is saying, take this all of you and eat of it. At the mass, Jesus doesn't say, I mean, the priest does not say, this is Jesus' body. He says, this is my body. And so at that moment at mass, when I am in the person of Jesus, in persona Christi Capitus, I become Jesus spiritually at that moment of the mass. And so, you know, in the first part, I say, offer you father, da, da. da but then at that moment, the consecration, take this all of you and eat of it. This is my body for you. So that's why I look at the host first because my job is to stay focused, but then I bring it to the people because Jesus says, for you. He doesn't say, for you. huh? So um, a lot of things when you get to that, so that's the spirituality of it. So there is a freedom in that. Um, I am not only, you know, and this will drive a lot of you absolutely insane, but I am not a say the black, re- do the red type person because the mass is alive. It's the resurrected Christ that's there. And people go, Father, just say the black and do the red. No, I won't because it's so much more than that. You know, because the rubrics can change. Like it drives me insane. The mass that I grew up with, the mass that I had said for uh Almost 20 years, or, uh, yeah, almost 20 years, they changed an instant, and instantly, OK, now do this, OK. But you know, I always say my spirits director, God rest him. He continued because he just knew the old mass, and he was too old, he was in his 80s to learn a new mass, and it was still valid. huh? That's why I don't do a Latin mass. Why? Because it's so rubrical that you're thinking about the rubrics instead of thinking about Jesus. You know, once you do something, your fingers can't be moved again. You gotta make the chalice a certain place. You gotta put your hands like this. Drives me nuts. God isn't about this. God is about this. And so, no offense taken, Uh, but I don't mean to give offense back either, but that's the... Again, you ask me why, and that's a part of it. It's to make um, to make Jesus more present to the people. And again, in like just something as simple as Erie, we have 50,000 Catholics on the West Deanery. Only 20,000 Catholics go to Mass. 30,000 people that don't go to Mass, and a lot of people that do could care less about rubrics. The rubrics are there, so we're not doing... Uh, our own thing. So some of them, it says this or in another, but I'll have to sit there and truly look at the the real rubric. It wants you to stay focused on Jesus, but I don't hold Jesus down. I hold him up so that people can see him because it's not just about me and Jesus. It's about Jesus inside of me bringing himself to his people. So that's the theology of it. Um, but to tell you the honest to goodness truth, I don't think I've looked at the rubrics of the mass and I've been ordained 33 years in about 33 years, <laughs> I know, in general. So again, some people will say, well, that's the problem. If that's the problem in the church or that's the problem with me, whoa, uh, we're, whoa. But anyway, thank you, Lawrence. I'm gonna be in Vegas. Uh, I'm gonna be down there and flying back out there because I'm gonna be in Phoenix for my Anniver- uh, for uh, John Dolan. Uh, Bishop John Dolan's gonna be installed in Phoenix is the bishop on August 2nd, and he's a friend of mine, I'm gonna be down there. And it was quite interesting why I was down there, because there was people there from the diocese that worked in the diocese, and they're all afraid because they thought he was gonna, you know, they're talking about he's a big liberal. And uh, I says, so you're already judging a bishop of God before he even comes here. I promise you he's not a liberal, he's very orthodox, but he's very pastoral. So, I pray for him because he's going to be, he's an auxiliary bishop now and he's going to be a fantastic bishop in Phoenix and they're going to love him. Uh, but hopefully they give him a chance and they don't sit there and start judging him before he even walks in the door, which some of them are already doing. So I said, well, tell them not to do that. So, But thanks for saying, asking that, Larry. Bruce, can you please confirm the new mass time if they change also? This is, when is the Italian festival? First, Bruce, the mass will change. The, i just put it in the bulletin this week. It'll come out on Sunday. But we're going to change the mass schedule from 4.15. Uh, we're going to keep 4.15 on Saturday. And then on, on Sunday, we have, um, it'll be 10 o'clock now. So that way, everybody changes. No one's going to not change. So, and Erie doesn't have a 10 o'clock AM mass right now in the city, so we'll be the only ones. Now, I know people are going to, like I told them, if you leave because of this, well, you were not never part of us. But it's just part of... Um, we'll, I'll do all the masses. I'll continue to get us through July and then August. Uh, then we go to one mass on Sunday. I says, unless, of course, uh, we get more people. Uh, right now, our church, like I think I've told you a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago, we have four masses. Our church has a capacity of 500 people. That's uh, 2,000 people. We have, on average, 406 people that come to our church on a Sunday um we have like 1500 people at watch not live but throughout uh, the week and um so we could fit everybody in one mass and so uh the numbers are down everywhere and again people have left my uh my church young cop- well, the young families and that because uh i when the the rule was out uh, about wearing mass i said you know we have to follow what the, the bishop says um and then when the um and then the Latin Mass, some of our young people went to the Latin Mass, which again is fine. And I, again, my job isn't to keep anyone at my parish. My job is to minister to the people that want to be there. So if they want to be there, I say, of course, and I will minister to you and I'll do what I can, but I'm not going to uh, change just to keep everybody happy, because right now there's 32 parishes in the city of Erie, and uh, you can go to any one of these things. I'm going to do everything. Before we made the changes, I had a town hall. We had 185 people there. We talked about it. We went through everything. Um, so that's all I can do. So, but yes, starting the first week of August, it'll be 10 a.m. And then uh, our Italian festival, we don't have one. We have a German October Fest, and that's always the first full weekend of October and so this year it'll be the first uh, the last day of September and the first two days of October it'd be great if you come okay oh Jade says I have hatred in my heart my dad died and my mother and sister shunned me it was clear I wasn't supposed to be there for reasons that had nothing to do with me but my niece and her lies the first thing to do Jade of course is say I forgive them and I ask you to forgive them, Jesus, because again all of us have killed the Son of God uh, through our actions, through our sins. If we ever committed a su- uh, we ever committed a, a serious sin or mortal sin. We kill Christ, and so it's amazing that uh, you and I. Uh, kill Christ with our whatever sins there are throughout the day, and then we go to the Father at night, and we say, please forgive me, Father, for killing Jesus again today. And never once, as he said to me, Larry, that's enough. He always forgives, always filled with love. And so you forgive them because when you carry hatred around in your heart, it destroys you like a cancer, and you become a victim all the days of your life, and they have 100% control over you. So if you make an act of the will, Jesus, I forgive them and I ask you to forgive them, then you can move on. Uh, if not, you're going to stay there and you're not, you're not able to live the life that God's calling you to in the future. Uh, and that would help. And if you still really struggle with that, I'd encourage you to see somebody. Huh? It could really help you tremendously to work that out. But we'll pray for you, Jade. Thank you for yeah, emailing us. If you're interrupted during prayer, such as saying the rosary, and then continue where you left off, do your prayers still count? Of course, again, prayer is a relationship. And that's why, again, when people get so focused on uh, rubrics or they're getting so focused on, you know, the rosary and how exactly should I do it, just be in relationship with God. I always use the example that if you're in a, uh, if you're a little baby and you're in your mom or dad's arms and you're playing with their ear or you're playing with their hair or you're picking their nose or you're falling asleep and sound asleep, the parent doesn't care at all. They're just ecstatic that you want to be with them. Uh, they want to be with you. And so, in the same with our prayer, don't become caught up into it. It can become a superstitious thing then. Instead of a relationship with God. You know, St. Um, Francis de Sales, I believe it is, when, it, when his uh, introduction to devout life, he talks or uh yeah, i might be wrong when uh, francis de sales it could be uh, saint vincent de paul one of the two anyway he says never worry about prayers if in the middle of your prayer you get interrupted and you have to go like take care of a poor person at the door both of these are prayer do not be the least bit concerned and the only way that becomes real is when we know that we're in a relationship with jesus and we're listening to him we can say ah, jesus i'm sorry uh Let me uh, do this. Now, you don't put yourself in a place like, I don't pray in front of my people, which some priests do because people like to see their priests pray. But 99.9% of the time, if they see me in the church, they'll always bother me, always. You know, I know you're praying, Father, but... It's like, okay. So then it, it it takes me away from Jesus, but I'm still in Jesus' presence. But the problem is I get irritated because someone doesn't have enough respect for uh, me while I'm praying to do that. So I just don't pray in the church so I can be with the Lord. But again, it, that's an issue with me. It has nothing to do with an issue of prayer. It's just, I have issues. Anyway, so uh, I just encourage you to, Just don't worry about it. Continue on with your prayer and just say, just talk about Jesus with it. That'll help. What is the difference between a liturgist and a terrorist? Oh, you know quite well, Harry. You can negotiate with a terrorist. I know, I know. (laughs) Hi, Father Larry. We hope you had a great trip to Phoenix. It was hot, 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 hot. 112 degrees. I could not live there ever, ever. I have to go back next month, because I already told you. But uh, also, when we were leaving, we had an hour of turbulence, which I talked about at one of the daily masses. Because when it was the, the next day was Monday uh, or Tuesday when I got back, and so uh, the the gospel of the day was, you know, they were in the boat and the storm starts and they cry out to Jesus, and I'm sitting there like on the uh, plane an hour of not just a little turbulence, big turbulence, all the way up, all the way up the first hour, almost fully. And they warned us the first hour would be bad. And so, and so I'm like, okay, let's breathe. Jesus, I trust in you. And then he convicted me about five minutes into my prayer at that time that don't, don't be worried about you and your fear right now. I want you to be praying for those people on this plane who are afraid. And then as soon as I start doing that, it really uh, calmed me unbelievably because then I knew that I'm on here for them, not for me. I shouldn't be worried about whether I like turbulence, whether I don't like turbulence. Jesus is there, he got me. There's people on that plane who are afraid. Be concerned about them instead of yourself. And I said, yes, Lord, thank you. (laughs) So that was one of those. Oh, sometimes he kicks me right in the middle of stuff when I'm in the middle of something, so... Okay, Father Larry, how are you doing at the rectory now that Father Mac has left? It's hard because Father Mac's gone, my seminarian's gone, and both of my dogs are gone. So I'm by myself. Uh, so I've already started looking for a rot. It's time for me. I need to get another uh, dog. I can't, uh, I can't be doing that. So, uh, and then I get a uh, Father Mac when he left. He left me this note saying so, he did this, this, and this, and he says and. You know, and then he like criticized me about something. I just thought, really, that's how you're gonna leave, but anyway, such is life uh, but it's uh you know we'll take we'll see where it goes. okay, let's take a question here. Hi, Father Larry, my wife and I are trying to decide to where to send our two children into school in the fall. They have been accepted to a quality charter school near our home and we have also gotten them accepted into a lo- local Catholic school. We are excited about getting them into a Catholic education and going to a school more aligned with our values while we have the income to cover it, we would not be doing anything irresponsible to send them there. I have having some anxiety over the cost and worry about the things such as unexpected job loss or if we should be prioritizing saving for their college giving rising cost. Do you have any guidance on helping us with this decision? This is from someone in Las Vegas, Lawrence Blair. Um, if the school is truly Catholic, meaning it's forming them in the the faith of the Catholic Church, uh, which they all do not. I mean, let's just be real about that. Then don't worry about it. Send them there with no worry about the money. God will take care of the money. You know, never make a decision based on money. Make a decision on what God's will is. So, to do that explicitly... Write both of your options on different sheets of paper. Write the good and the bad on both of the different places. Then sit before the Lord. Say, Jesus, I exist to do your holy will. Whatever you want, I will do. And then pray with them. It might be days. But pray with them on the one that gives you peace. And his will is our peace. And then do it. And don't be worried either way. Okay? Hope that helps. Okay, let's continue here. Any chance we can meet the new director? Yes, we will. I'm sure they're going to put something out, a picture of her, and I might drag her in here one day and uh, just introduce you all, of course. But, uh, um, again, we haven't worked through everything yet. So we're come a- we have a new website coming up, and we previewed it yesterday. It's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, it's going to have some good stuff, except the picture they had in there of me. It looked like I was dead or an Episcopal priest is sitting there at this blue background, and I said, oh, no, take it out, take it out. Oh, Father, and the Mo, the one who just got hired, who I almost fired her right there, sat there and says, oh, Father, that's what you look like. Uh, I don't think so. No, we're not going to use that picture, so I made him put another picture in, and then, of course, Mary Tree said, well, those are the pictures you chose because those were the only pictures I had <laughs> to choose from, but I didn't like it, sorry. Um, yeah. So I said, keep the old and the new. I'm gray in any of them anyway. But I'm also real skinny in those because of uh, the middle of all that fasting. Again, I'm going to be going back to fasting. I haven't been doing it for three months, as I told you, but we're getting there, uh, getting back. Do you have any thoughts on Neil Lorenzo's book and ministry called Unbound? It gives an exact way to pray to get spiritual freedom. He's not Catholic, but it has a ministry for priests. I do. N- I don't know that, uh, Julia. I'll have to look him up later. Now you, you, tw- uh, you know that's interesting. I have, but I don't know. I have no opinion because I have absolutely no idea who he is. Yeah, just watch the truth on the app. Good, like my look now. Stop it, Chris. Daniel H. I was brought into the church in 2007, but lately I've been exploring the Orthodox faith and liturgy. What are some of the counterpoints uh, to their stance theology that you find most convincing? Orthodox, of course, is old as the Catholic Church. Um, my thing, like right now, and again, this is just judgment, it's not, uh, there's a uh, there was a, th- you know, there when the first break happened in the year 1000, there was, we talk about the theological arguments. It wasn't they were just our excuses. Same reason the Protestants, when we became Protestant Catholics, you know, oh, it's because of these spiritual things we disagree on. It's an excuse. Literally, the Germans, where Luther was, excuse me, they were being taxed by Rome to pay for the um, St. Peter's. And they just didn't want to pay for a church in Rome. And so they fought over theological reasons too, but it was very political. In between, so there was one church in the early church for at least the first thousand years. The church was based in Rome with Peter, of course. Then we had, uh, because the emperor was there. Then you had the Holy Roman Emperor that was in Constantinople. So now, and there was one big uh, country, if you will, and it was run by the emperor now in Constantinople. Well, the Bishop of Rome was still in Rome and still has the history of being in charge of the church. But politically, the bishop in Constantinople had the ear of the emperor. And so one became more powerful than another, and it was political. Now, there was other things we fought over, celibacy of clergy, uh, um. You know, whether, which to me is the most stupid argument in the whole world to be fighting over. We believe the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Orthodox believe the Spirit proceeds from the Father only. Again, political, but we fight over it. Like right now, last time I was in Greece, uh, I went to uh, the church in, uh, not Ephesus, the church uh, where uh, John, uh, had the revelation on the, anyway. But it's all Greeks, Orthodox. Not one Catholic church. They made me uh, say mass in the basketball court because they don't consider any of our stuff valid. I would walk by Orthodox priests, and I'm in full clerics. And I bet you I walked by 25 of them uh, throughout Greece and say good morning, Father. And they would turn their face away from me. Pope Francis tried to get Uh, a church established in uh, the place we were just talking about. Uh, Where the heck was John? You know, it was uh, uh, Patmos. So Patmos still exists. And so there's like 65 Orthodox churches. And so John Paul asked the patriarch, could we have one place to have mass? You know, have a church, a Catholic church in it. And the patriarch said, yes. But the priest Went nuts. You should read some of them. I read some of the things. How would you leave this this uh, hateful, devil-filled church into here? And so they had to pull back. So there is no Catholic church. And then you go to the Orthodox Church in Russia. And so the head... And again, the, the, the liturgy of the Orthodox is beautiful, right? You have the incense, you have the bells, you have the mystery. But to me like with the Russian Orthodox patriarch now. So they have beautiful liturgy, all this la-la stuff and all this great, which is not la-la, it's a judgment again. I don't care for it myself, but it's beautiful for the people that like it. And, uh, but he at the same time saying, okay, it's okay to kill the, the women and children in, uh, in Ukraine. And that kind of stuff drives me crazy. But what I always go back to, like even as a Roman Catholic, I rarely have the incense and I rarely have any of the stuff because I want to go back to the way it was at the Last Supper because that's what we're re-presenting. We're actually physically present there. All the bells and all the incense is all Old Testament worship that has been merged into New Testament worship and the theology goes and there's old theology about it. But to me, it's... To me, it's more authentic. And that's when people go crazy about the Latin mass or different things. To me, it's more authentic when it's more real. Because Jesus left heaven and he became a man. He went to the bathroom like a man. He walked like a man. He, he uh, had to go to sleep like a man. He got tired. Jesus was real and he sat with us at the last supper and he took the bread that was right down the road they made And he took the four cups of wine and he said, take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body. And they weren't kneeling around. There wasn't an altar there. There was a table about a foot and a half off the ground. They were reclining a table. That's why John the Evangelist wasn't sitting on a chair next to Jesus. They were on the ground and he placed his head on the chest of Jesus. And for me, every Mass is going back to that moment with Jesus Christ and being present there because eternity folds into time, time folds into eternity. Now, at the same time that we're there at the Last Supper with Jesus at Mass, we're also in the heavenly Mass that's going on in heaven and what we participate in. The whole book of Revelation is just the Mass. And uh, so we participate in that. That's where we get the incense and all that stuff. It's also in the book of Revelation. Uh, so it's taking the heavenly mass and the mass of Christ and bringing them together. That's why we have an altar. That's why we do all the things. But So again, people have different uh, likes, if you will. Some people like the high liturgy, and that's fantastic. If when you leave that high liturgy, you're now taking care of the poor, you're now reaching out because it isn't how you worship only, but it's how you live intimately with God. It's how you live with your brothers and sisters. It all goes hand in hand. It was at the Last Supper, at the Last Mass, where Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, John chapter 13, verse 34. And then chapter 13, verse 35, the very next verse says, this is how all people know you're my disciples. You can go through high liturgy and low liturgy and don't know Jesus Christ. You can love the smells and the bells and not being intimate with Jesus Christ. And Jesus is calling us to intimacy, so I would say it's not either or, but it's both and and what makes it authentic is if we live liturgy, you know St John Christendom and a bunch of others who are orthodox are uh, they sat there and they talked about you cannot love Jesus in the Eucharist if you do not love him in the poor, so it's how we live and how we worship, and again uh i'm not here to make people worship like me i don't like organ mass myself but we still have it all the time Well, we're going to have one organ mass and one contemporary mass and again that's personal preference but like when i'm saying mass it isn't what i wanted i was even going to do the latin mass at my parish i even got the dvds to learn how to do it um But when I did it, it was so rubrical. I I would be more concerned on the rubrics than I would about Jesus. And again, I always want to make sure I'm focused on Jesus during the Mass. And then also, afterwards, people are becoming very hateful to the Holy Father, who were part of the traditional thing, and just being very hateful and saying that their Mass is uh, holier than the Mass I say. And when people... Start thinking that they are holier than everybody else by the way they worship, every red flag should go off. It's how we live that makes us holy, not just how we worship. It's how we live. So, again, not either or, but both and. So, uh, but again, if you become orthodox, you got to watch because I've had people do that, but I'm sitting there saying, it seems like you're going from one place to another to another that you, once you see the humanity of one place, you move on to another. But that might not be you. Again, you got to do whatever Jesus tells you. And again, the biggest difference is between the Pope and the patriarch. The Pope is infallible uh, in faith and morals, teaching of the church. No patriarch ever claims infallibility. So you always have differences of opinion. You have differences of opinion in the Catholic Church now too. But according to Jesus, which we just heard yesterday on the feasts of Saints Peter and Paul, you are rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Whatever, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you declare loosed on earth, I will loose in heaven. Whatever you declare bound on earth, I will bind in heaven. So not only did Jesus give the Pope the power to forgive people and get them to heaven, but the power to bind people and keep them away from heaven. That's a lot of power. No patriarch has that power, but the Pope does according to things. So again, but you pray about it, huh? Um You got to do what Jesus Christ tells you to do, not what Father Larry Richards tells you to do. That's for all of you in everything that I've talked about today. You do what Jesus tells you. That means you got to listen to Jesus. You got to make sure it's his will and then do whatever he tells you. Don't worry about what Father Larry said. Do what Jesus says, okay? But I got to get the heck out of here. Again, so I'll be here every week. Sorry, I couldn't get it to everybody here. I couldn't get all the stuff there. Went to too many tangents. Sorry about that. That's sometimes just the way I am. So again, I want to remind you that I'm praying for you every day, that I'm loving you as best I can through that prayer and just asking you to please pray for me, that I get through this funk, that I get over it, that I can get back to my fasting schedule, that I can uh, just have some peace in my life. So let's pray for each other. We all become great saints. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week, God willing.